Hi and welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal lay preacher. After studying the Bible and church history, I converted to Catholicism in December 2017. Over 20 years ago, when I was a young, impressionable Bible college student, I came across some of Jack Chick's comics, Christian so-called comics, that were denouncing all the evil in the world and talking about all these conspiracy theories. So I started ordering a whole bunch of their literature and their comic books. And as I started to read them, even back then I was appalled at how inaccurate and sensationalist they were. In fact, it was quite ludicrous. One of Jack Chick's comics, called The Prophet, made the allegation that the Catholic Church invented Islam. And so I, I frequently find many anti-Catholics have an intense hatred of all things Catholic, and a lot of that is due to Chick publications. It's also due to some of the books that Jack Chick and the sources of information that Jack Chick has relied on for his literature. So we're going to have a look at the man and then we're going to have a look at several of the men to whom he based his information on. Jack Chick has been responsible for many, many millions of tracks distributed. He writes comic books like This Was Your Life to get people to become a fundamentalist independent Baptist like him. <coughs> Jack Chick lived from 1924 until he died at the age of 92 in 2016. He refused to talk to the media and he only ever had one professional interview in 1975. And it appears he's a man who was highly paranoid because he said back in the 1970s that he expected to be gunned down by a Jesuit any day. And that, of course, never happened. There's a good book written by the Catholic apologist Jimmy Akin called The Nightmare World of Jack Chick in 2008 and it's published by Catholic Answers. And Jack Chick promoted lots of conspiracy theories about Catholics, Freemasons, uh, rock music, which he said was all evil and satanic, uh, myths about Satanists and he also promoted the King James Only movement it's a rather bizarre and wacky conspiracy theory of fundamentalists who think that the King James Bible of 1611 is God's only Bible now these are people that claim to follow the Bible only so I always ask them, where in the Bible 
does it say that the 1611 King James Bible is God's only Bible? I said, where in Isaiah or the Gospels or Paul's letters does he mention that? And they have no answer. And to give the answer, they go outside of Scripture. So, so much for being, following Scripture alone. And he promoted scam artists and believed their sensational stories that were proven to be fraudulent. So I'm going to have a look at some of the sources of information he gets for his anti-Catholic stance. And the first is an author called Leo Taxel. Leo Taxel was a 19th century anti-Catholic, anti-Masonic writer. He was a fraud, fraudster and he wrote a whole bunch of sensational books about Freemasonry and how it had infiltrated the Catholic Church. He pretended to be a Catholic. And then in 1897, he called a press conference and admitted that everything he'd been saying was fraud. Now, Leo Taxel is used as a source of information by Jack Chick in his comic, The Curse of Bahomet. And Bahomet is this bizarre picture of a, of a satyr with women's breasts and a horned goat's head. It was a fraudulent invention from Leo Taxel. And yet he relies on a book whose author denounced it as garbage. Jack Chick also bases a lot of his information on Charles Chinoquy. Charles Chinoquy was a French-Canadian Catholic priest in the 19th century, and in 1858 he became a Protestant and he renounced Catholicism as being evil. He became a Presbyterian minister, and then he wrote a best-selling book called 50 Years in the Church of Rome. Now, for someone who claimed to be, who was a Catholic priest, he told some, lots of sensational, bizarre lies. Charles Chinoquy lived from 1809 to 1899. And he claimed that Catholics worshipped Mary and were pagan. And early in his book, he talks about this bizarre story where he says the local Catholic priest came to visit Charles and his parents when he was a little boy. And he claims that when the Catholic priest came into their house and he saw a Bible there, he became very, very angry and he demanded that they burn it and he told them that the Council of Trent said that Bibles were to be burned and instead his father stood up to him and said, no, we won't. So the priest was very angry and he left in a bad mood. And because of that experience, that somehow inspired Charles Chinoquy to become a Catholic priest, which makes no sense. First of all, fact check. 
The Council of Trent does not tell people to burn the Bible. It tells people to read the Bible. Secondly, at every Catholic Mass, there are four Bible readings. For the vast majority of church history, most people were illiterate. So they would go to the Catholic Church and they would have a priest read four passages of Scripture to them. So they would get the Bible orally, maybe not by reading it, but they would at least hear the Bible. So the idea that a priest would go into someone's house and say that that's against Catholic teaching to read the Bible is garbage, but Charles Chinoquy used this fraudulent, shameful, false story to sell his book. And this is what Charles Chinoquy claims. He claims that he led a revival to true Christianity in Quebec and the local Catholic authorities were so angry about that that they kicked him out of Canada and transferred him to America. And then they continued persecuting him. So they had a court case where Abraham Lincoln was his defendant. Now this is true that Charles Chinoquy had Abraham Lincoln as his defendant. And he claims that the Catholic Church was so infuriated at this court case that they orchestrated the death of his lawyer, Abraham Lincoln, many, many years later. And they got John Wilkes Booth, a Jesuit priest, to kill him. But evidently they did nothing to Charles Chinoquy, who died at the age of 90. So what's the real story? And I'll tell you the real story is Charles Chinoquy was raised Catholic. He converted to Catholicism from a young age and he became a Catholic priest. And while he was a Catholic priest, he was one of those sexual predators. He was in that minority of Catholic priests who are sexual predators. And he had lots of women who complained about sexual misconduct by Father Charles Chinoquy. So, rather than sacking him from the ministry like they should have, they did a mistake many of us Catholics have done in the past, and that is to transfer him to somewhere else. So he went to the United States, and in the United States, another woman complained about his misconduct, and she was going to take him to court. So... He hired Abraham Lincoln as his defendant and the woman pulled out at the last minute and decided not to go ahead with the prosecution. So the court case didn't happen. But he claims that the Catholic Church was so infuriated that they plotted the death of his lawyer, <laughs> not him. So in two years after his conversion to Protestantism, he became a Presbyterian minister. 
And when he was a Presbyterian minister, again, there were many complaints against him by the Presbyterian church. He was brought before presbyteries and he was accused of misappropriation of funds and of unchristian and unethical behaviour. So in both churches, Presbyterian and Catholic, which were vehemently opposed to each other, they certainly weren't conspiring together. The real reality is he was a, a, a cosmic jerk and a troublemaker and a sexual predator and a downright scoundrel. What about John Wilkes Booth? Was he a Jesuit priest? No. If he was an unknown cowboy that none of us knew anything about, it might be hard to disprove that claim. But the thing is, John Wilkes Booth was a famous actor in his city and many, many, many people knew him. He was descended from English immigrants to the United States. One of his ancestors was a Protestant Member of Parliament in Britain called John Booth and John Wilkes Booth who was named after him was an inactive Episcopalian he didn't really practice Christianity much but he was nominally affiliated with the Episcopalian Church which is the American equivalent of the Anglican Church so no he was not a celibate Jesuit Catholic priest this, of course, is just baseless garbage that Charles Chinoquy made. But back to Chick Publications. Chick Publications still publishes his book, 50 Years in the Church of Rome, which is a disreputable book that was written in 1886. And Charles Chinoquy claimed that the Catholic Church was in a conspiracy to take over America by sending Irish and Italian and other Catholic immigrants to America. And his book was a bestseller, a very, very popular book in the late 19th century America. His book played a major role in the ill-treatment and discrimination in America against Irish, Italian and other Catholic immigrants to America. So, shame on him. And the Chick comic, The Big Betrayal, portrays his, his story as if it was true. The next person we get to is John Todd. And John Todd is another person that Jack Chick used to promote his comics. He claimed to be a former witch and an insider of the Illuminati, some conspiracy theory of some organisation that runs the world. Well, who was John Todd? Well... In the late 1970s, he came out with his bizarre story. So Jack Chick wrote a comic book called Spellbound and another one called The Broken Cross. 
Spellbound is about these rock musicians who put spells on their music. And he had John Todd, or a guy that looked exactly like John Todd, but with a different name as the main star of the comic book. John Todd, in his, the other one, The Broken Cross, is about a group of Satanists who control some town and they sacrifice humans and little dogs to Satan. And he was a man who at the time, in the late 1970s, he claimed that Jimmy Carter was the Antichrist. Jimmy Carter was a born-again Christian and a Sunday school teacher. And he was a man with a history of unethical psychiatric behaviour and pedophilia. John Todd, when he was about 19 years old, divorced his wife. He became a Christian and the first thing he did was divorce his wife and claimed that God had told him they were to go their separate ways and find someone else. And while he was a Christian, he was taking drugs and using them, and he got disciplined and told off, so he quit Christianity in 1974. And then he went back to paganism, and he sold witchcraft and wicker books. Then he became a Christian again in 1977. And he claimed that the Illuminati and witch conspiracy theories were being done against Christians. He predicted that there was going to be Armageddon in 1980. And he was arrested in 1987 for rape and also for the sexual abuse of two children. And he was sentenced to 30 years in prison they released him in 2004, but put him in a mental hospital where he died in 2007 at the age of 58. He was kicked out of the military in the late 1960s, according to his discharge report, for emotional and psychiatric problems and that he was found to be a compulsive liar. In 1979... He claimed that John F. Kennedy was still alive and he had been JFK's personal warlock. Now, there are all the signs, my friends, of someone with a severe mental illness and delusions who goes around saying crazy things. And when people should have just laughed at him, Jack Chick promoted him in his comic books. And the last person I'm going to look at is Alberto Rivera. But before I do, I'll just make mention of a comic book, one of the comic books that Jack Chick wrote, and it was called Lisa. And it was published in 1984. And a very, very short time after it had been published, Jack Chick quickly withdrew it from print. And I think he wanted to get rid of it but some people held on to their copies of it and we can still find it on the internet today. It's embarrassing and cringeworthy just to read. 
all of his comic books tell a story and the one Lisa is about a father who is raping his daughter and he gives her herpes and when the doctor finds out what's been happening he does not call the police like he should have no instead he preaches Jesus to the father the father repents and promises not to abuse his daughter and then he says the sinner's prayer and there's no consequences which is a pretty shocking terrible message for any evangelist to give on Christianity and needless to say grotesque publications like that are ammunition for atheists and other anti-Christian people. So now we finally get to Alberto Rivera. I was going to do a separate podcast on him, but because he's so intertwined with Jack Chick, I thought I'd just keep it all in the one talk and knock them down in one go. So Alberto Rivera was a Hispanic man. He lived from 1935 to 1997 and died at the age of 61. Jack T. Chick described him as the most godly man I ever met. And he claimed to have been a Catholic priest during Franco's rule of Spain and that he escaped to the United States and he became a, a Protestant, a Baptist. But he claims that while he was a Catholic priest, he was shown these secret archives in some secret library in the Vatican, which said that the Catholic Church invented Islam. It sounds pretty crazy, but there's people out there that are stupid enough and moronic enough to believe these sort of stories. And Jack Chick dedicated at least six of his comics to Alberto Rivera. And they were called Alberto, Double Cross, The Godfathers, The Force, Four Horsemen and The Prophet. And he, he claimed... He, he took everything that, Jack Chick took everything that Alberto Rivera said at face value and, and his only excuse was, oh, I prayed about it and that he felt right about Alberto Rivera. Alberto Rivera claimed to have a PhD in his theology and whenever he was asked about it, he, he couldn't tell people what it was about. He was very vague. Now, for someone to have done a PhD thesis on one topic and they can't remember what it was shows they're a liar. And his so-called PhD was from a diploma mill, so it was he was nothing but a fraudster and a scam artist. And throughout the 1970s and 80s, Jack Chick published and Chick Publications still publishes these ridiculous comic book stories about Alberto Rivera and they were so crazy and bizarre that a group of Baptists with integrity 
decided to investigate him and see whether or not what he was saying was true. So Gary Metz in 1981 from Cornerstone magazine issue 53 wrote an article called Alberto Rivera's False Anti-Catholic Story. And this is from a Baptist magazine. And God bless them for showing such integrity. So I'm going to read what he's written. Alberto Rivera's False Anti-Catholic Story by Gary Metz. Is your name on a Vatican hit list? Is the Catholic Church preparing a 20th century inquisition? Yes, says Alberto Rivera, who claims to have been an espionage agent for the Catholic Church. Alberto's testimony, entitled Alberto, is a runaway bestseller published by Chick Publications and is part of the Crusader comic book series. With the great success of Alberto, Jack Chick has now released a sequel entitled Double Cross. Who is Alberto Rivera and what is his message? Alberto tells us his story as follows. Spanish-born, he was placed in a Jesuit seminary at the age of seven where he was trained for the priesthood. His instructors taught him how to infiltrate and destroy Protestant churches and aid the ecumenical movement. He claims he destroyed numerous Christian churches throughout the world. Then he was ordained a Jesuit priest and became a bishop. He says he worked with notable Jesuit spies such as Catherine Kuhlman and Jim Jones. Because of his experience, he was ordered to join the ecumenical forces under the Pope. There, he says, he learned that the Catholic Church had secretly joined forces with the Communists, the Masons, the Illuminati and the Charismatic Movement. The hypocrisy of it all was too much for him. He began to expose what Rome was planning. For this, he was committed to a sanitarium. There, on the verge of death, he was converted. Since he knew too much, the Catholic Church wanted him dead, but mysteriously he was released and helped out of Spain. He then rescued his sister, a nun, from death in a British convent. He now claims to be running for his life, hunted by Jesuit assassins. The story has cremated created tremendous controversy. The Christian Reformed Church, Zondervan Publishers and the Southern Baptist Sunday School Board have banned it from their bookstores. As a result of the negative response to Alberto, Jack Chick has published a special free promotional tract in its defence. In that tract, 
Jack Chick states that Christian bookstores are being infiltrated by undercover Catholic propaganda teams who pressure the owner until he compromises with Rome and pulls Alberto out of the store. This is compared to the few totally committed gospel bookstores who carry his books because they see it is the only effective soul-winning book to win Catholics that's published today. In support of the book's truthfulness on January the 30th, 1980, Alberto Rivera issued a sworn statement defending his allegations. Rivera declared, in part, Alberto is a true and actual account, and I will place a court of law to prove the events actually took place. I hereby challenge anyone who would refute or try to prove the facts and information in this book are untrue. Recently, the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights has asked the California Attorney General's Office to investigate Jack T. Chick and Alberto Rivera for false advertising and consumer fraud. Is Alberto's story true? No. Our intensive investigation reveals his police record, his investment schemes, his bad check writing, his contradictory testimony, his fabricated educational record, and his reported family abuse. Alberto Rivera, also known as Alberto Romero, has a history of legal entanglements. He is currently involved in a court action in Southern California accused of fraud. According to Cesar Ramirez, he gave Alberto over $2,000 to invest in some property in Huntington Park, California. The property was never purchased. When Mr. Ramirez asked for his money back, Alberto gave him a donation slip for $2,001. Ramirez has now sued him to recover his money. In 1965, a warrant for his arrest was issued in Hoboken, New Jersey for writing bad checks. He also left debts in excess of $3,000. In October 1967, Alberto went to work at the Church of God of Prophecy headquarters in Tennessee. Alberto began collecting funds for a college in Terrassa, Spain. When the Church of God of Prophecy wrote the, co the college to see if he was authorised to collect funds on their behalf, the church received the following reply. The college had given him a letter to collect funds, but only for the month of July. The school later discovered that while he claimed to be a Catholic priest, he had never been one. They reported he left debts which he had drawn in the name of the parish of San Lorenzo 
and that the Spanish police were seeking him for authentic swindles and cheats. Finally, they said no funds he raised had ever reached the college. In a letter to the Department of Justice, Reverend Charles Hawkins of the Church of God of Prophecy stated Alberto's bank had contacted them because he had written a cheque to Delta Airlines on a closed account. In 1969, two warrants were issued against him in D-Land and Ormond Beach, Florida. The first was for the theft of a Bank Americard. The Criminal Investigation Division of the Bank of America reports he charged over $2,000 on the credit card. The second warrant was for the unauthorised use of an automobile. Alberto abandoned the vehicle in Seattle, Washington. From there he moved to Southern California. Alberto's account of his conversion is contradictory. In 1964, while working for the Christian Reformed Church, he said he was converted from Catholicism in July of 1952. Now he maintains it was 1967. While speaking at the Faith Baptist Church in Canoga Park, California, Alberto pinpointed his conversion at three in the morning on March the 20th, 1967. He says he immediately defected from the Catholic Church. However, five months later, in August of 1967, he was still promoting Catholicism and the ecumenical movement in a newspaper interview in his hometown of Las Palmas in the Canary Islands. Another discrepancy involves his three-month stay in a sanitarium. In Alberto, he says he was placed in the sanitarium in 1965 for exposing the Catholic Church. This would put his conversion and release from the sanitarium no later than April 1966. <clears throat> the book Alberto lists his release as September 1967. Alberto doesn't reveal what happened during those one and a half years. However, in the newspaper interview in Las Palmas, August 1967, he said he'd been doing ecumenical work in Terrassa, Spain, during the previous six months, February to August 1967. This is the time he was supposed to be in a sanitarium for exposing Rome's ecumenical plot. Alberto's claim to have been a Jesuit priest and bishop are denied by the Catholic Church. They state that the document here exhibits as proof of his priesthood is little more than a form letter giving permission to travel abroad. The document was fraudulently obtained. Alberto's accounts of his ordination are contradictory. In 1967, when Alberto was visiting his family in La Palmas, he said he had been ordained a priest in Costa Rica in 1978 while at the Faith Baptist Church, 
Canoga, California. He said he was ordained in Las Palmas. Alberto now claims he was once a Jesuit bishop. None of his format associates remember this being part of his testimony until the early 1970. Former associate Reverend Wishart, once a pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Fernando, who questioned Alberto about this, reported that Alberto admitted that he had never been ordained a bishop, but used the title for prestige. He continues to call himself the bishop of his own church, the Hispanic Baptist Church, Oxnard, California. After Alberto allegedly escaped the Catholics in Madrid, Double Cross devotes nine pages to the rescue and conversion of his sister Maria, a nun from a convent in London. Alberto was in London during the time mentioned in the comic, September 1967, but was staying at a Catholic monastery rather than the YMCA described in Double Cross. Reverend Delmar Sperling, Church of God of Prophecy, picked him up at the monastery and attests that Alberto had only one sister in London. Her name wasn't Maria, she wasn't a nun, and didn't live in a convent, but in a private London home as a maid. Alberto stayed with Church of God of Prophecy members for approximately a month until his return to the US. Diploma Mill Degrees Alberto commands great respect with many with his alleged numerous degrees, including an ND, a DD, a THD, a PhD and a Masters in Psychology. However, he is ambiguous when asked where he received these degrees. Alberto attended a seminary in Costa Rica, the Seminario Biblio Latinoamericano, with a friend from La Palmas, but he did not graduate. That friend, Reverend Plutarco Bonilla, a respected Christian leader in Central America, said that Alberto never finished high school in La Palmas and that he was in the seminary's program for non-high school graduates. The school, in a letter, said they were forced to expel Alberto for his continual lying and defiance of seminary authority. The known chronology of his life does not allow time for him to have achieved the academic status he claims. When Reverend Wishart pressed Alberto concerning his degrees, Alberto admitted receiving them from a diploma mill in Colorado. This ended their relationship. Pastor Rasmussen, Faith Baptist Church in Canoga Park, California, also asked Alberto to substantiate some of his claims by submitting to a lie detector test. Alberto said he would. Three times appointments were made for him. Three times he failed to appear.
Alberto's past family relationships have been described negatively by those who knew him. He met his first wife in Costa Rica while working with the Methodist Church. Reverend Bonilla says that Alberto was living there with a woman in the late 1950s, but they weren't legally married. Alberto said God ordained their marriage. Alberto later claimed in an employment form that he and Carmen Lydia Torres were married on November the 25th, 1963. Their son Juan was born in Hoboken, New Jersey in September 1964, where Alberto was working with the Christian Reformed Church. A supervisor at the time, Reverend Edson Lewis, said that Alberto physically abused both Carmen Lydia and Juan. Less than a year after his birth, in July 1965, Juan died in El Paso, Texas, where his parents had fled after they wrote bad checks in New Jersey. His marriage relationship to Carmen Lydia was further complicated as described in the letter by Reverend Charles Hawkins, Church of God of Prophecy in Tennessee, to the US Department of Justice. The letter stated that Alberto and Carmen Lydia's wedding was scheduled in Tennessee in 1968, but that Carmen Lydia missed the wedding, staying in Puerto Rico instead. Alberto then went to Puerto Rico and returned to the States with a new son, Alberto. Carmen Lydia followed them a few months later. This is according to former associate and roommate, Reverend Daniel Abrigo, who added that Alberto had left Carmen Lydia in Mexico when he returned to Spain in 1966. It is difficult to determine the whereabouts of the child, Alberto, today, but Reverend Abrigo claims he was placed in a welfare home in Tennessee. They didn't have a child with them when they went to Florida in 1969. Alberto and Carmen Lydia had still another son, Louis Marx, early in 1969, while they were in Florida. Their host said Louis Marx was mistreated. What happened to Louis Marx is unknown. But when Alberto left Florida for Seattle with the car and credit card, they no longer had the child with them. What happened to Carmen Lydia after Seattle is also unknown. But Alberto remarried in 1977 to Nuri Frias, a woman from the Dominican Republic. Whether he was ever legally married to and or divorced from the other woman is unknown. At any rate, it is extremely damaging to Rivera's credibility to discover that he had two children, Juan and Alberto, in America during the time he was supposed to be a celibate priest in Europe. Past and Present 
Alberto is known to have been affiliated with the Methodist Church, the Church of Christ, the Christian Reformed Church, the Church of God of Prophecy, and various Pentecostal and Baptist churches, as well as the controversial Universal Life Church. He has formed a number of organisations, Agape Sophia Oikumeni, the Catholic Apostolic Church, the Hispanic Baptist Church of Oxnard, and most recently, the Antichrist Information Centre. While Alberto claims the Antichrist Information Centre is a tax-exempt non-profit organisation, the IRS denies it. He has also requested in his newsletter that donors not send cash because the Knights of Columbus postal employees are opening his mail. He now lives in Ontario, California. He owns a church in Oxnard and a service station grocery store in Northern California as well as some undeveloped properties. He is gathering funds for an alleged hideaway retreat for ex-priests and nuns and is asking for $110,000 more to complete this project. What does Jack Chick think about this? It's hard to find out because he has made it a policy not to speak with reporters. But when he was finally reached by phone at his home, He said that he had never met a more godly man than Alberto and that he knows Alberto's story is true because he prayed about it. Jack says he expects his own life to be taken by Jesuit assassins. When we reached Alberto by phone, he also refused to meet us. Alberto has an office in the Chick Publications headquarters. He claims that any wrongdoings prior to his conversion in 1967 were done under the orders of the Catholic Church, and any wrongdoings since his conversion are fabrications by the conspirators. As we have seen, Alberto's story is fraudulent, as was the story of John Todd, another Jack Chick protege, who said the witches are taking over the world. Alberto has skillfully created a closed paranoid defence system which makes it difficult to corner him on specific issues. He can always dismiss any accusation as part of the Jesuit plot. Is Jack naive, or is he publishing these stories because they are big sellers? It's impossible to know what his motives are. But after the John Todd fiasco, he should have withdrawn those publications and should have been much more careful before publishing another sensationalistic testimony. How should we respond First, we need to be more discerning about what we read and what stories we promote. We should not succumb to last day's paranoia. 
God has promised to bring us through every situation. Last, we need to pray for Christians who have accepted his story and are now suspicious of other Christians. For Jack Chick, that he will be more responsible with his publications. And for Alberto, that he will truly repent and follow Christ. And at that point, that was... Alberto Rivera's false anti-Catholic story by Gary Metz from Cornerstone Magazine, 1981, issue 53. And in a nutshell, my friends, it seems that Jack Chick sold his comics through fraudsters, losers and psychopaths, people like John Todd, Alberto Rivera... Charles Chinnaqui, Leo Taxel, people that were professional liars. And it's very sad that Jack Chick wasted his life spreading lies and hatred about the Catholic Church. Thank you for listening, my friends. God bless you.